Friedrich Nietzsche famously said, that which does not kill us makes us stronger. But we're well past that now. What doesn't kill us has the capacity to change who we are, what we believe in, and how we experience the world. It's not just about building our strength. It's also an invitation to get creative. Welcome to What Doesn't Kill Us with Dr. Marion Piper, a podcast with conversations about creativity, post-traumatic growth, and how we make sense of the tough stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Marion Piper, and I'm on a mission to uncover what it means to truly live a creative life. So if you're feeling uninspired, blocked, or just at your wit's end, you've come to the right place. Well, 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 look what the cat dragged in. (laughs) Hey, 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 my friends. I want to start by first saying how sorry I am (laughs) for how long it's been between episodes. Uh, I started this podcast really with the intention that I would only show up when I had something valuable to share because I know that we are all so inundated with distractions and I just didn't want my podcast to be another one of those. So this episode has been cooking for a little while and it was spurred on by an Instagram poll that I did around what you would like to hear and the topic of fueling your creativity just inched out the post-traumatic growth five life areas. So I'm guessing that's probably where I'll go next, but I think coming into the end of 2021, it is late November when I'm recording this. And I don't know about you friends, but I'm pretty cooked. (laughs) And in a way that I don't think I've ever been before, uh, because it's really been a huge energy drainer the last probably three to four months, particularly here in Melbourne with the lockdowns, which thank the lordy lord they are over we are also battling other news coming through about other things that I'm not even going to mention because I don't want to put that energy into this podcast but needless to say it has been a baptism of fire (laughs) from start to finish and I am very much ready to hang up my holster this year but before I do uh, I have a few amazing guests coming on the podcast in the next month so in the month of December I'll be releasing two episodes with two amazing women um, who are doing some really cool things in the world so this podcast while will mostly while it will mostly be me entertaining you with my ramblings and my research <laughs> Uh, I definitely have a plan in 2022 to bring on more guests because I think there's something incredibly creative about conversations and what happens in the space between people and when their ideas collide, the newness that is produced. So I really value that and so I will be bringing you some of that uh, in January and beyond. But for today, we are going to be tackling the topic of how to fuel your creativity and there are so many different ways I could actually dive into this topic because I could focus on creativity and reframing that for you. I could focus on fuel and what fuel actually means. 
Um, but I'm going to share with you a little bit about what I've been up to lately and you'll understand why this topic has become more of a focus and moved to the front of my mind. So since the start of the pandemic, I have really been thinking about the relationship between creativity and mental health. I think it's a really unexplored area or rather it's been co-opted, I think, by people um, in the medical field, you know, and I think we're, we're starting to shift away from a treatment model for everything and we're moving into that more preventative care space with, you know, things, thing, you know, practices and modalities that actually support our nervous system <laughs> rather than just treat it when it's absolutely fried. So that's been on my mind a lot. Um, and back in 2016, I did my yoga teacher training and I really fell in love with uh, the practice of yin yoga, which if you haven't done, is just so delicious and juicy. It is yoga without without actually having to do yoga, <laughs> which is, you know, I think in our busy lives, that can be a blessing in disguise often. Uh, that when we when we get opportunities to do things without actually having to do them. Um, and so part of my journey over the last few years has been incorporating yin more into my daily life, even just in really short ways. And I definitely find that it breaks up the day and allows me to become more present. Um, and when we are more present, I feel as though we have uh, more of an opportunity to be intentional about our time and our energy and our ideas so it can't hurt having a practice that does that for you. But I've also been doing uh, this wonderful, legendary human Bronx, Father Bronx, shout out, his mystery school, uh, which I'll pop a link to that in the show notes, um, and his drill down method, which is all about finding your message. And I have been so passionate about this stuff for so long and I have so many different uh, arms of what I do that it was stretching me thin. So I think the first thing that I realized when it came to fueling my creativity was that it needed to be first channeled into one or two things. Um, if you're like me and you have perhaps suffered some childhood trauma, maybe, maybe you might be carrying some abandonment issues. I do not recommend just going for the one thing option. <laughs> Because I, found, I find every time I try to choose one thing, I always feel as though I'm either abandoning myself or I am abandoning ideas. And that triggers a whole domino effect of emotions and feelings within me. So I like to have two or three things on the boil at once. It allows me to divide my time and not dilute my energy. So that's really what we're trying to avoid here is like, how can we get the most bang for our buck when it comes to our creative energy? And so I want to introduce to you today what my message is. This is something that I worked on with the incredible Christy Gray, shout out. She also has a, a great podcast called Christy Unedited. You should definitely check it out. But we worked through... Bronx's seven day drill down method together and it was quite intense <laughs> and very revelatory. It really gave me an insight not just into myself but also having the 
ability to do that for someone else uh, it really allowed me to understand where Christy was coming from and what she was trying to achieve and the space between us was so creatively generative that I think we both walked away with a whole swag of new ideas Um, so what I discovered through that process was my message or at least a version of my message that is the most refined and articulated I think that it's ever really been honestly Um, which is not you know which is partly my fault (laughs) because while I love to articulate messages for brands and businesses and other people turn that spotlight around onto myself and I all of a sudden lose my ability to speak talk or really do anything so actually having this message, I think is such a huge thing for me. So I wanted to share it with you because I feel like this is a really safe space. And if you're listening to this podcast, you might be interested in these things too. So here goes. Creativity has been held hostage by the artists for too long. Sure, artistry is a well-honed skill, but creativity, that shit's primal. It's how we express our innermost thoughts and feelings. So, in a world where everyone sounds the same, dare to be a poet. To all my resilient and wounded, yet optimistic change makers, let's redefine creativity. It's time to heal yourself by learning the art of gut-wrenchingly real self-expression by turning your pain into power. Who's with me? cue confetti cannons round of applause uh people doing backflips on the stage (laughs) just kidding uh but that's what I'm about that little block of text explains who I want to work with how I want to work what I really want to to change in the world because I I think one of the things that's frustrated me the most when I think about creativity is how just how, what's the word I'm looking for? Undervalued and misunderstood. It really is because it's more than just the product that you see. And I've spoken about this before and will continue, continue to speak about this possibly until my last breath on earth is that it's actually more than just a way of doing things. It's also a way of uh, being. And that's really what this is about particularly around the relationship between self-expression and writing because words are so powerful and what I've noticed and this is something that I've been observing for a while now is that people tend to kidnap each other's self-expression so on it's why everyone on Instagram sounds the same at the moment so I'm really on a mission to eradicate that uh, generic sounding copy Um, But at the heart of that is this idea of authentic self-expression. So in order to find the right language, you need to know what you want to say. And that's what it really comes down to. So I wanted to share that first with you uh, because it's important. And I really wanted you to understand the flavor of things moving forward. And particularly, particularly around this idea of turning your pain into power, because the language, oftentimes the languaging, the treatment language around trauma and life's challenges uh, is very disempowering. It's very much based around how do we get you to survive? And what I'm really angling for is like, how can we take the hardest things that we've been through 
and turn them into something that is not only beautiful, but something that inspires us, that pushes us forward and that allows us to really make it meaningful because that's the whole point of, well, for me, part of the whole point of creativity is like me trying to understand the world. So, and understanding the world, um, it's only memorable if you make it mean something to you personally. So that's what we're really aiming for here when I'm talking about this idea of turning your pain into power. So what does this have to do with fueling your creative energy? So I'm going to share three tips with you soon, but what I've found over the last month and a bit, particularly of doing Bronx's Mystery School, and he talks a lot about discipline and showing up and doing things that other people don't do in service of your creativity. And so what I found was by creating and crafting that message, it gave me this like invincible amount of energy. And I, for like three weeks, I was just sailing on cloud nine. I was getting up at 5 a.m. I was, you know, meditating, journaling, going to the gym. I was doing all my work. And then after work, I was doing more creative work. So um, what this really highlights to me, and it's something that I think I've known for a really long time, but it just goes, was really reconfirmed over the last couple of weeks, was that creativity doesn't run out, but we as human beings do run out of energy. So it all starts with you and your body. Because guess what? As much as society would like, uh, would like us to believe that we are machines, we are not we are animals. So um, looking at creativity through a more organic embodied lens, the first tip I have for you for fueling your creativity is to get back to basics. What are your hygiene routines like? Are you brushing your teeth? Are you using eye drops on your eyes when they get gritty? Are you moisturizing? Are you taking care of your temple in a way that is creative and not self-destructive. So what kind of food are you putting into your body? Are you drinking enough water? And now I think the guidelines have been slightly updated and I believe that for the average person, you're going to need around 2.6 to 3 litres of water a day, particularly in the warmer months. And um, speaking of water, just had a sip then. <laughs> um, and so... This is, this is the thing, like that energy has to come from somewhere. And so part of the equation, that creative energy, um, part of that equation is your body. So we have to pay attention to our body, particularly if you are someone who does like to make things with your hands too, um, making sure that you warm up, you know, kind of like you do for the gym. Having a creative warm up before you start is also really good. I like to do a few uh, cat and cow stretches and stretch out my arms, particularly my, my upper back if I'm going to be spending a lot of time at my computer. <clears throat> Excuse me. The second, um, and that ties into my second point, which is this idea around leading with rest first. So what I want you to start doing, rather than when you go to plan your week, Rather than starting with your work and your client work and your whatever other commitments you have, I want you to put blocks of rest in first and then squeeze your creativity and the rest of your life around that. Or better yet, you could start by reframing creativity to include more of your life 
so that you don't actually have to have that or carry that pressure of having to schedule creative time. And what I talk about when I'm talking about creative time is the time that is dedicated to your craft, whatever that is. So for example, if you are a project manager, your creative craft is practicing your project management. So it might be looking at ways to streamline your processes. It might be um, trying out a new piece of software. It could be grabbing a piece of paper and a pen and mapping things out manually and playing with it rather than just doing what you always do. So the whole point of this, right, the whole point of creativity is to make something new. Um, And in order to do that, you have to first look at what you're doing and then iterate, make slight adjustments here and there or introduce new elements. So what I'm hoping will happen if you lead with rest first is that every time that you come to do something, you're going to be in a much more relaxed state of mind with a down-regulated nervous system uh, and you won't feel as though you're having to, having to rush through things because you'll have had enough rest. Which leads... To my third point, which is very, very simply, practice, practice, practice every single day. Another example could be if you are a graphic designer, you might choose to spend a portion of your day, might be 15 minutes, might be while you're just having your morning coffee, rather than scrolling through Instagram or, you know, getting a jump start on those client emails Just keep a little notebook by your kettle or by your coffee machine where you can just free form. You might like to do little drawings, little doodles. You might like to make a list of some of the things you're looking forward to or yeah, really anything. Just something that's like it's structured by the fact that you have the practice. You have a notebook. You have these constraints you're working with. Notebook, pen, paper, coffee time. But then the actual contents of the time is completely open. And I know that this can be really scary to start off with. But the whole point is that you want to give yourself an opportunity to have a bit of space where it's nice and quiet so that you can actually hear your own internal voice. And I've made the mistake in the past of setting up a two hour block of time, sitting down and saying to myself, I am going to write about trauma or I am going to write about this specific experience. And the second I go to put my pen to paper, guess what happens? Yep, you got it. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) So when really all I needed to do, and this is where I think trust in your own creativity comes into play, is that if we allow ourselves to show up with the constraints and with the tools And just having enough patience for the first, say, two to three minutes of that time to just sit there and you might like to close your eyes down as well first and just wait. You'll you'll get like I usually the way it comes for me um, is I usually get a couple of words or I might get a sentence come through and whatever that first thing is that comes through, I write it down and then I just keep going and I'm like, okay, this, you know, this has happened and then this happened and then, you know, I'm going to add this and put in this and it might come to you in images. So you might be sitting there with your notebook and all of a sudden you see a table or you might see, I don't know, a tree. So draw what you see, draw, draw or write or take note of what's going on. 
because that's where you can start to unravel that thread and approach creativity again from that more embodied perspective tapping into that beautiful beautiful intuition that sits there all day unserviced because the world is trying to distract us so this could also look like brainstorming or brain dumping out any any and all ideas that you have so the point being is not to be too strict on yourself when it comes to the content of what you're doing but rather create the conditions to support your practice Um, and this could mean you know, spending that time in the same place every day. It could be going to a different place every day. Whatever works for you. Like there's no real real rules. The point is just to show up. Um, and so I'll share with you one of my favorite quotes of all time, which is by the yogi Judith Lassiter, which is life is practice, practice is life. So I invite you at this point to turn every day into a practice So the goal isn't to get it perfect, but just to get it done. So they're my three tips for you, but I do have a little bit of a bonus thought to plant a seed for you. Um, It comes from my own failings as a creative human in that I really, really often struggle to finish things, uh, particularly one at a time. Because I don't know about you, but I, when I'm out in the world, absorbing and seeing and taking everything in, all different ideas start flurrying through me. And I have this tendency of starting something, getting about maybe like 40% of the way in and then starting something else and then getting 40% of the way in and starting something else. And I look and I've got maybe four or five things happening uh, and I'm chipping away at them all, but none of them are feeling that great. <laughs> so um, the problem is, and I mentioned this at the start, just to bring this full circle for you. The problem is uh, when you don't finish anything, you just have these open channels of energy. And even when you're not actively working on something, your brain is still tinkering on it. So um, what I what I found, um, you know, previously to the last probably five weeks is that I, my energy was just zapped all the time. And it's because I had too many tabs open uh, in my creative practice. So one question I've been thinking about and have been music on, um, uh, you know, definitely in, inspired by Father Bronx and the Mystery School, is what if for the next 21 days, all I did was just one thing? And it is going to be really hard for me to do because, like I mentioned before, I have massive abandonment issues. Um, but 21 days seems really achievable. So, again, what I'm doing here is I am putting the constraints on my practice and I will I could set it up any way that I like. But for the next 21 days, perhaps it's 30 minutes a day. What if I just focused on X? can be anything to do with something that you've been wanting to do. Ideally, it's something that you've already started and maybe is probably like 90% done (laughs) and you just need that little bit of push over the edge to actually get it done. Um, But if you're up for this challenge, uh, I encourage you to tag me on socials to reach out. Let me know what you're working on. Because I would love to know your experience because it, I've, I've thought about this a lot and I've done lots of challenges in my life. I've done, um, I've done gym challenges. 
I've done yoga challenges. I've done writing challenges. So I feel like when something is as self-contained as a 21 day challenge, um, it could be really nice. I know this is like probably feels like the worst time of year (laughs) to do something like this, but it could also be the structure and the motivation you need to also pull the rest of your life across the finishing line of 2021. So I'm considering starting it in a few days. If you follow me on Instagram, you may see that happen. I'm I'm like 80% committed to doing it. I just don't know what for yet. So that's my challenge is to actually pin that down. And I'm sharing this with you too, because I know often you know, you hear people online say, join me for this challenge. And it's just not something that they would really ever do themselves. So I want to show you what's and all, you know, behind the curtain that I'm teetering on the edge of this, but perhaps you can be my accountability buddy. And if you could reach out to me and tell me you're going to do it, it might motivate me too. So this is, this is another really beautiful thing about creativity that I'm discovering and and have known have known for a really long time intellectually but have only just started to feel it this year is that it's a relational practice meaning it happens between things and I hinted at it earlier in this episode but it really does it happens between people it happens between you and your environment it happens between you and your ideas it happens between your ideas and the form they take it's this whole ecosystem of things colliding together in order to create something that hasn't existed before. So I'm going to leave you with that because I could probably keep ranting for hours, uh, but I don't want to because I just don't. <laughs> and also I think there's a lot here to absorb. Um, good luck with the next month. Uh, you'll hear from me periodically And if you've enjoyed this episode, uh, all I ask is that you share it with a friend. Uh, If you'd like to follow me uh, on any of the podcasty places, (laughs) please do. Uh, If you're feeling extra generous, you could give me a rating on Apple. Your call, not fast. Um, But otherwise, I wish you so much energy coming into the holiday season. I wish you nothing but an abundance of ideas and that you have the strength and the motivation to see them through. Take care, friends. I'll talk soon.